Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mark Woods, back with another Page One podcast, and today I have David Bowerline with me, because uh, David spent yesterday at the first city council workshop on the potential sale of JEA. So I guess maybe um, before you explain even what happened yesterday, explain what, what these are and what, what the goal is of, of these workshops. Well, the goal basically is for city council to spend, uh, I think, about 12 workshop sessions between now and May to really do its own deep dive into all the issues surrounding JEA. And, of course, a big backdrop is should the city sell or not sell JEA. So this is fact-finding. They're not going to take any action. Uh, It will give a chance for face-to-face questions at some point between the council members and JEA. They're going to try and bring in outside experts who might actually be able to look at the case JEA's making, see if it holds up or if there are holes poked in it. So it should be a good exercise in information sharing, gathering, and uh, ultimately city council's got a huge vote coming up, so they need to know exactly what they're voting on and what the upside and downside of it is. Right, and the uh, so the very first one was to see even if this can move forward or if they can say, wait a sec, you know, you didn't come to us beforehand. Um, can we pull the plug on this, correct? That was- That's exactly right. I mean, if you think about it, JEA decided on its own that it was going to initiate this potential sale of the utility. And they did not go first to city council and say, we're thinking about doing this. We want to do it. Are you on board with this? So they basically uh, were kind of out there doing this without city council having had any buy-in to date. So the question was, if we don't like what's happening, can we just call it off and just pass the legislation majority vote of council says stop it step back and if you want to do it let's start from uh, from a start from go again and the argument the the answer from the city's attorneys is no <laughs> it's too late to do that they could come back at some later time and amend the city charter and say in the future if jea ever wants to sell the utility it must go first and get city council's approval to even start that process but the argument is that since the process is already underway, it's a valid legal process, according to city attorneys. So city council cannot, in a sense, meddle or circumvent that in midstream. Yeah, you had a quote from uh, city council member Matt Carlucci. Can a council member introduce legislation to just pull the plug on this whole thing because it's so off track and the trust level is so low that sometimes you just have to pull the plug? Question. Answer, no. No, Jason Gabriel said no, huh? Um, Yeah, and so this is, these workshops are being led by uh, new city council member Michael Boylan, correct? That's right. And um, so how many showed up for the the first? So they had good turnout. 19-member council and 18 council members were there. That's high turnout for a workshop that's not going to take any action. 
Now, whether that continues or whether at some point it kind of uh, shrinks down to the people who really have the most issues and concerns about this, you would expect them to come to all the workshops. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, that was a good showing for the first one, without a doubt. And was it? Uh, was there a lot of observers, too? What was the setting? Describe the setting. There was. Uh, now, there wasn't like a bunch of people wearing J.E.A. is ours shirts like he had a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in a smaller room than the big city council chambers, but it was full. Uh, so I recognized a lot of people. Union leaders were there from J.E.A. Uh, interested citizens were there. So good turnout uh, for something happening in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. Right. Um, it, it, the city council, Jacksonville Civic Council, um, this week had some interesting news, and uh, Gene Miller also spoke at this. So what, what played out with the C- Civic Council this week? So the Civic Council sent a letter Tuesday. They've been looking for months at this whole issue of what should happen to JEA, and they sent a letter basically saying, we can't say we oppose it, we can't say we favor it, but you know what? Uh, JEA is not in a financial crisis. It's not in or headed towards a death spiral. And so if there's some urgency to doing this because that's where JEA is headed, that should not be a factor at all. Uh, and they've also said, you know, this is, uh, process is moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also framed the issue in a way that's different from the way JEA has framed it. Mm. Uh, the Civic Council is saying from what they can see, the driving force behind all this is you know, basically to get a large amount of money by selling JEA and be able to use that to do right. stuff for the city. JEA has set a minimum requirement the city should get at least $3 billion out of this. But JEA's argument is not that it's time to sell just for the sake of selling, that there's all these uh, looming financial issues that could make it where rates go up and they have to lay off people. Uh, The Civic Council says, well, we'd really love to dig into that, but we haven't gotten the real detailed background for how they made those assumptions so they can't say one way or the other whether the financial forecasts are right or wrong right this really is where this workshop could potentially shed some light on all this if the council really brings that sort of you know concerted focus on it right yeah they had in that letter um the talking about the at least three billion it said the current administration has not publicly addressed the fundamental questions underlying that objective, nor has the city made public any efforts to determine other funding options, including the sale of city assets. So, yeah, basically that fundamental question of why do we need the money, what are we going to do with it, and JEA is saying, well, that's not really the point. The point is we're in the death spiral, which uh, which I think should be a, that'd be a good rock band name, wouldn't it? (laughs) That's that's become the two big words in this, uh, with a, with JEA at points, at points saying we're in the death spiral and uh, other points uh, saying no death spiral. Uh, sometimes JEA says they're in a death spiral and then says they're not in a death spiral. So even JEA is, can't quite figure out whether what its public rhetoric should be on this. Uh, that is a fundamental question, is what is the real financial outlook for JEA? And uh, yeah, the Civic Council is basically saying, in their view, this is all about the money. And so if it's all about the money, the city should figure out how much money it needs and then work backwards from there and see if there are other options to get the money it needs without having to sell off a very valuable asset that has, over the years, been a real financial bulwark for this community in terms of 
supporting the city's budget, city finances, you know, providing high-paying, good-paying jobs, corporate head, you know, headquarters here of uh, one of the largest public utilities in the entire country. Yeah, I saw one of the uh, comments on, I think it was on Facebook, a reaction to one of the stories was, you can, you can shear a sheep many times, you can only skin it once. So, <laughs> never heard that one I had neither. I thought, of all the uh, analysis, that one kind of cut to the chase of what, what we're debating here. Right, exactly. Um, um, yeah, the Civic Council, it was a pretty strong statement. Um, let's see, uh, I'll read one, one paragraph of it. The Civic Council is neither for or against the sale of JAA at this time. However, the disposition of our city's largest taxpayer-owned asset is far too important to be considered in legally flawed closed-door negotiations that contradict current nationwide trends and could potentially result in negative consequences for the community, including higher prices for ratepayers with little opportunity for redress. So I, I thought that was packed a lot of uh, a lot in there and a lot of strong statements. Um, you know, and we've for a while we've been saying there's a lot of kind of movers and shakers saying stuff behind the scenes, but they're not saying it in public. And this, so this to me was an interesting moment in, in this whole process. Well, it absolutely is. And there are some really good business minds on that Jacksonville Civic Council. I mean, I think if they see a financial justification, they would probably be able to say, yes, uh, I'm convinced that this is the case and this is what we need to do. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the poll that came out this week from the University of North Florida shows about 60% of the, of the respondents are opposed to JEA, and that it's uh, split down the middle between uh, Democrats and Republicans. And uh, the Civic Council is, in general, a Republican-leaning group of, mm -hmm. uh, of influential business leaders, and yeah, they're not sold. And I think that's really the story right now people aren't sold on this happening uh, now maybe that all changes when the deal is struck and people see how much money the city may or may not make from it and you know side-by-side -side comparison of whoever that selected entity is compared to JEA but they have not made the case convincingly at this point and could that change maybe and it may change as this uh, workshops continue as well and do you get the sense the the city council members are it feels like they're doing their due diligence that they're genuinely trying to get to the bottom of this and figure it out i mean there's been quite a bit of pushback i mean you had like in your story today you talked about um let's see randy defore and brendan Priestley jackson uh pressed john gabriel the city council uh the city uh, lawyer on what language in the city char charter gives JEA the authority to launch a potential sale. Um, and Priestley Jackson said, quote, I don't think the framers of the charter contemplated independent authorities selling themselves out of the charter. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was a funny way to put it. Um, so I think that the, the, the debate or the legal issue there is, do they need to get approval from city council before they start and after they come back with a deal or just after they come back with a deal? And Jason Gabriel's position is that they just have to come back to city council after they have a proposed deal wrapped up. So that's where the issue is there. And it's one of those things where you can read it both ways, obviously. I think last year a city council committee looked at it and kind of came to the conclusion that, yes, JEA hit, did have the right to go out and seek offers prior to coming to city council for any prior authorization. 
But to your point, I think there is an engaged city council, um, uh, some council members more so than others. But Ron Salem, who was elected and took office in July, said uh, he's never received so much email and feedback from constituents about any issue since he's been on council than JEA. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just that they realize this is the biggest decision any of them will make uh, during their time on city council, but they're getting a huge amount of questions, comments from the public, and just man in the street, people right. are against it. Right, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's interesting how much uh, passion there is about a utility. But, right. But, I mean, it's something that affects everybody. And I realized, I think I just called him John Gabriel. Jason Gabriel. I know. Right. Going back to my days in, as an Orlando Orlando Magic beat writer when John Gabriel was the general manager. <laughs> so, I, uh, yes, Jason Gabriel. Um, so, um, it, it's interesting. So, this is the first of you said about a dozen. So, the next one is scheduled for November twenty fifth at eleven a.m. So, what are what's on the agenda for the, what's in the future and what can people if they want to pay attention to these workshops. How can they be involved and what's on the agenda for these? Right. So the next one is going to be kind of a look back at all the reports and studies that came out in 2018, the last time the city really took a look at whether or not to sell JEA. It's a little bit of a look back, but it's kind of those things where why reinvent the wheel? There was a lot of good research done at that point. Uh, then uh, as they move forward, especially into the new year, that's when they're going to take a look at each of the different scenarios that JEA is considering for what the future should be and that's where they'll really drill down and look at those more closely there is a city council website hmm. uh, it's a long web address but if people are interested in going to it just go to jackson's jacksonville city council and there will be a tab for hot topics click on that and then you can go to the future of jea that'll have all the minutes all the reports all the meeting video if you want to just keep up with it that way uh, there is a plan to live stream these as well wjct uh, and its facebook page you can go on that and watch the live feed of the meetings as they happen so there are a lot of ways you can be engaged obviously you can also go to the meetings themselves now, there is there were some seats so but get there early if you <laughs> want to get a good view and uh, close enough to hear everything really well uh, and the last thing is they have set up something where people can send emails to futurejea at coj.net, and then you can uh, ask questions that will hmm. then be shared with present presenters and panelists, and then you know they'll know that this is a question that people want answered, and then uh, hopefully that will get an answer during the course of that workshop. Yeah, that's a good idea, because as we've said again and again, there's a lot of questions that have not been answered and that's what the public's saying you know that's what what you're trying to do when you're covering these things is this is obviously a very incredibly complicated uh, uh industry and issue and you know david bowerline has appreciate you staying on top of it your stories are always um impressive in the amount of depth to them so i appreciate what you do i always uh i, I lean on david for uh okay help me understand this again and well, thanks, Mark. Yeah, you're right. It is hugely complicated, and there are so many different angles to it. Uh, so, um, you know, hopefully, by March, April, May, when the community really engages and the city council engages, there's going to be a broad understanding of what's really at stake, what's myth, what's fact, etc. 
And there, you know, there was the debate about um, hiring their own legal expertise to look into this. So what played out with that? So they're still moving forward on that. Uh, I think there may be some uh, decision on that next week. And so that'll be somebody who can just basically come in and look over what JEA has done uh, and just ask, these are the questions that you should ask as a, in a sense, board of directors of this large corporation if there's such a huge transaction being contemplated. So, you know, so there's no blind spots and uh, also be able to look at maybe some of the ramifications of some of what JEA is doing. Uh, it would just be somebody who would be able to give uh, that sort of advice and guidance directly to the city council. They can also ask the same questions of attorneys who are working for JEA. Uh, but, you know, some of those investment advisors have a financial stake. If mm -hmm. the utility is sold, they get more money than if it's not sold. Uh, here you would have somebody who's clearly just hired directly by JEA, uh, by the city council. So you might feel they're more likely to be uh, a full-bore advocate, a full-bore uh, unvarnished look at what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that that part of this will be very interesting to get somebody from the outside say what they see, look at it and explain what they see. So. Right, and that attorney also will have some experts in the field, so it's not just going to be an attorney. It's going right. to be a sort of a t team effort kind of looking at everything that JEA is proposing, contemplating, and, and what it means for everybody. Right. Well, thanks for all the coverage so far, and look forward to what you have in the future. So look at uh, David's story in the paper and on jacksonville.com and the email futurejea at coj.net, correct? That's right. Okay. If send your questions there. Thanks, David. Thanks, Mark. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.